And I'm Sarah. And this is No Sarah No Ma'am, a podcast. An occasional podcast. An occasional <laughs> podcast where we drag our timelines for being trash. And our governments. That, that is for right. Being trash. Um, if you want to hit us up, you can at NSNM Podcast or with the hashtag NSNM, or you can email us. I don't remember the last time I checked our email. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at no sir no ma'am at gmail.com that's why we're here today uh you mm-hmm. might say that we're late and objectively we are but i mean it's it's very little but hopefully it's not too yes. late uh we are a little bit so. late but i think this gives us the opportunity to <clears throat> talk about things with a little bit more perspective uh mm-hmm. yeah Hopefully. less of the day-to-day and more of like a general picture and then talk about how we feel about things and things that we think should be addressed uh talked mm-hmm. about important things so um okay did you have any disclaimer oh girl i forgot about with. disclaimers yeah this is gonna be a mess this is gonna be a mess okay. because It's hard to talk about a month worth of events or over a month worth, over a month? Almost a month. Almost Almost a month month, worth of events uh, so succinctly. So we might like hop around and stuff, but just, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying anymore. That's it. We will do our best. Yes, we will do our best. (laughs) I think... We have a, we did a little like uh, Sada was smart enough to write a list of the things that we want to talk about. Um, I feel like it's not going to be useful. But, <laughs> no, actually, I think it is. Know, I do what it's, I can. It, at least at least it's like chronological, so we can uh, okay. talk about things. But let's just give a quick recap of this. Is going to be a recap mainly for non-Sudanese people yes. because I feel like, I feel like most of the Sudanese population is very aware of what's Word. been happening. Um, but I guess this is also for the Sudanese out there who've been living under rocks. So there's yeah, that. There, oh, well, let me not go there. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, let's... Um, <clears throat> right, so if you know anything about Sudan, you know that Sudan has been going through a series of crises. The rate of inflation... It's gone up <clears throat> an obscene amount, particularly in the last couple of years. Um, as of 2018, Sudan has been in an official uh, recession. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. dates back before that, but I think the government only in 2018 admitted that actually, yes, <laughs> we are going through an mm-hmm. economic crisis um, that came to a head in, uh, yeah, came to a head in 2018 with um, extreme uh, fuel shortages, extreme bread 
shortages, um, like I said, prices of like basic goods and services skyrocketing and an, an, a ridiculous inflation rate. So the, the dollar went from, <clears throat> the exchange rate of the dollar went from uh, like what? Uh, it was 30 pounds in mm -hmm. 2017, 2016 mm -hmm. to uh, almost what? almost a hundred pounds no it, it reached up to 80 in 2018 that was i think the mm -hmm. highest point of the exchange rate uh prices went up by like 200 percent on things and all of this happened within such a short time period that it was just mm -hmm. kind of like completely crippling for people right so <clears throat> that of course doesn't uh account for any of the other like health crisis, uh, health crises, mm -hmm. education, crisis in education, whatever, all that. So everything is falling apart. And then mm -hmm. at the end of 2018, people were like, F this, we're done. Um, right. They've reached their like tipping point. Basically. And I think the protest began in Abba on December 19th with exactly. um, a really uh, like symbolic uh, act of burning the headquarters of the National Congress Party, which is the ruling party of Sudan. Uh, and mm -hmm. from there, things just evolved slash devolved. Um, evolved for mm -hmm. us as a people because we all went out in protest and everybody's happy about that, but devolved in, in terms of like the country and the, you know, the, the relative stability. I say relative because what is, what is stability? Um, so it might have been stable in some of the northern states, uh, in Khartoum, relative stability in terms of, like, not an active war zone. But as we know, Darfur and Western Sudan has been in a war zone for, has been a war zone for, what, a decade? now almost mm -hmm. uh no a decade um uh and before that the south before it seceded so yeah stability is relative so like you said the protest sparked mm -hmm. i guess on december 19th in Atara, and then quickly spread to other parts of mm -hmm. the country so there was al-gadarif i believe at first yes um <clears throat> And then it eventually spread into Khartoum. Right. And I think that's significant to like clarify that A, these protests did not start in the capital um, for many reasons, mm -hmm. but mostly because uh, people in the capital have the most access to services. Everything is sort of centralized mm -hmm. in Khartoum. <clears throat> not sort of, is centralized in Khartoum. And so the cities, other cities across Sudan or other states across Sudan, uh, don't really get that much access to any basic services, whether it be health, education, all that stuff. Um, but the fact that Khartoum came out in protest after Adbara and Al-Gadarif shows that things have really gotten that bad that even now the people in Khartoum are being squeezed and are have reached their right. limit. And of course, Khartoum is also like a huge city and people have been feeling the effects of this economic crisis or whatever the effects of the government mismanagement for years but 
you know, this is also where uh, everybody who has money or most of the people who Mm -hmm. have money are located. And so they might not be as motivated to stand up for or join their less advantaged uh, neighbors. Country meets. There we go. Thank you. (laughs) So, yeah. That's just to put it in perspective. Put Khartoum's protest in perspective. The leading entity, I guess, or like the leading organization in these protests has been the Sudanese Professionals Association. They are the group Mm -hmm. that sort of stepped up to organize and coordinate between the cities and um, basically coordinate the protest effort. So what has been the response of the government to these protest activities or to these to this stand do you want to talk about the actual physical response on the streets or do you want to talk about the politicians political response both okay great let's do this (laughs) let's start with the physical all right their direct response has been obviously to have a complete crackdown against the protests that has been through uh, attacking protesters beating them up in the streets, arresting, um, arresting them, them in mass. Yes, firing tear gas at them. Uh, On the streets, in hospitals, and in people's homes, by the way. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no discrimination of, like, place or... The force, the amount of force is not calibrated. It's just... Like brute force, regardless mm-hmm. of whether it's 10 people or 200, like it right. doesn't matter. The same amount of force is applied in every situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like Sada said, they um, fire tear gas into hospitals, into homes, in the streets. They've been firing rubber bullets and live ammunition mm-hmm. at protesters, barging into people's homes and basically terrorizing them them or kidnapping them. Uh, There's a lot of stories of people who were not even out in protest, people who were just in their homes, um, chilling, who were attacked by security forces and arrested. Um, What was I? Oh, and they're basically targeting or mostly targeting young men. So I've Mm -hmm. seen a lot of stories of people who were like, I was just in my house. They're basically considering any young man a threat and mm-hmm. arresting them. What has happened as a result is that, like, they have no place to to hold protesters anymore because mm-hmm. of the sheer volume of arrests. They, like, can't, uh, can't keep them, can't detain mm-hmm. them because there's no space. So what they end up doing is beating them up and then dropping them off somewhere far away from where they pick them up. Mm-hmm. Um... That's, I think, the physical response. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and they've shut off, shut down the internet, right? Oh yeah, there so was there, you know, there's no access to social media uh, sites, so people have been using uh, VPN to get access to the internet and or get access to social media sites and share or spread the news or whatever. The political side, mm-hmm. please. which is possibly the most insulting side Mm -hmm. uh, as far as I'm concerned is that they are treating these protests not as a collective popular uprising Mm -hmm. and a collective message from the people being like 
you fucked up. We're done with this. No, it's, these are traitors. Um, they are foreign elements. Infiltrators. Right, who have infiltrated our people and are creating uh, havoc um, in our country. Mm -hmm. Um, They've blamed it on uh, militia factions from Darfur, saying that these are Darfuri um, rebel groups that have, you know, um, caused this trouble and that this is not the people, um, Mm -hmm. which is like also like, the people from that fold are the people, so maybe that. we'll get but, to that later. Yes, we will get to mm-hmm. that later. Um, uh, Ashel Rabshawi, who is uh, like a leading figure in the National Congress Party, <laughs> released a statement yesterday saying that there are Masonic forces at work mm-hmm. that are uh, orchestrating these protests and that it is not mm-hmm. the people. So basically, the Illuminati are behind this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like. <laughs> But I think the most insulting part is calling peaceful protesters um, traitors and infiltrators and saboteurs Mm -hmm. and blaming them or creating these stories, this narrative that there has been a lot of uh, like that there's been a lot of rioting and looting when really all the protests have been peaceful. Um, And that's and, and that's also how they justified their use of force against uh protesters and we'll get mm-hmm. more into that a little bit later but those are just the facts oh yeah i find it particularly insulting that al bashir would um go on national television and say that um Listen. these um protests basically are uh not great for the country and that the way to change is through democratic elections. The irony. That's, just, um, that's really insulting. Like, I don't know what else to say. It's offensive. Because, homeboy, you've been here for 30 years. 30? And you're trying to change the Constitution so that you can stay for longer. Three so decades I am of just baffled you, by the audacity. Listen, the other thing um, that really annoys me is that let's put this in perspective there were uh the last elections and i'm putting that under heavy quotation marks to -hmm. take place in sudan was in what 2016 was it 2016 it It was was it was 2016 and in 2016 we saw incredible amounts of footage showing ballot boxes being stuffed Mm -hmm. um um, you know, people's votes being changed, uh, falsifying mm-hmm. voter registration stuff, right? To like just make up people, people who were dead were voting right. for Al Bashir and the NCP. Like it <laughs> made no sense. So for you, mm-hmm. for us to know that information, and then you to come on TV and be like, "Let's wait for 2020," is really annoying. Not to mention yeah. that in 2016. Actually, before 2016, he was like, 2016 is my last year. I'm not going to run for president. Mm-hmm. Somebody else needs to come. And 2016 came around, and he, quote, um, tried to convince us that the people just wanted him so bad. Right. Everybody was begging for him to run so bad that right. he acquiesced to people's demands and is running in 2016. Bullshit. 
So according to that logic, if you only ran in 2016 because you felt that people really wanted you, isn't it time for you to like pack your shit and leave? I just can you go? Can you go retire somewhere nasty, like a jail, a prison, or something? (laughs) Can you please leave? What is it like? It makes no sense, and I think um, it really proves something that we've said a million times on this podcast um, that this guy truly does not give a fuck about any of us not a singular not microscopic one nothing Nothing. not a one (laughs) nothing um Um, yeah and he really thinks we're like hubul or i don't know you know what i found really offensive that he went so he so in response to these protests he also did this like tour of the country where he went around having these rallies um, to like show that people supported him and whatever. And he mm-hmm. had one in Khartoum uh, where they basically made civil servants come to attend. Like if you didn't come, you couldn't, you couldn't clock in and out for the day unless you were right. on the bus. And some people were threatened with firing if they didn't show up mm-hmm. or if they didn't go because they were bust. So like there's no way you don't go. Um, and, uh, the one, the most insulting one for me was, well, he tried to go to Adbara and the people of Adbara were like, oh, yeah, you best tried. not, you <laughs> tried better not, that one. you better not come here. And he ended up like landing in some fasaha somewhere outside <laughs> of Adbara and, uh, then leaving like 30 minutes later, uh, because people were like, I wish you would, I <laughs> wish you would show up. But the most insulting one is that he went to Niala in Darfur, where objectively, like, they have felt the brunt of this government and its, 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 its violence, its terror, its mismanagement the most out of all of the current states of Sudan. Um, and he went there to be like, what up, guys? I know you love me and you can... And he actually, I'm like quoting him. He said, you... Uh, have the opportunity to send a message to everybody mm-hmm. saying that like you know that you love me and this is this is what it is and like I don't know if it's delusion or something else but it, like, it has to be some other word for it I'm this is not delusion That's it's like thing. how do you go to the people that you have terrorized and oppressed the most and be like Oh my god, you guys! Thanks for having me. You love me so much. Like, wh- <laughs> what? When you just got done blaming that forties and arresting that forty students, and saying that they are the ones behind this quote sabotage and this quote rioting and this quote uh, in like destabilizing of the country. Moving on. I'm not. I can't. We can't humor this. Do you want to talk about the responses from the media? If we're going to talk about that, do you want to talk about the fact that at least in the beginning of the protests, um, the the media outlets that did report on them Mm -hmm. um, called them bread protests? Yes. Um, And basically reported that people took to the streets because العيشة بيجت من جنيه لثلاثة جنيه. Yeah. Um, and there's a shortage of fuel, and people are basically um, tired of standing in line. 
Yeah. Here's the thing. Because, like, I also saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, um, like, oh, what's wrong with saying that it's a, a bread protest? Right. Um, because that just means that people are hungry and that's a very valid reason to, like, go out and um, protest, basically. And it is. And it is. It absolutely is. Especially since um, I think bread specifically has, like, a political um, totally symbolism. Totally. Because universally it is known that if your people don't have bread, then you failed as a government. Right. So I, I understand the appeal of saying that they're bread protests. And um, like I said, it would be a valid reason to go out in the streets. But the problem with calling them that is that it implies that if the government fixes the bread problem, then everything's peachy and we can go back to normal. Right. right? Which is right. absolutely 1000% not the case. Right. Um, and the proof of that is that people in Adbara went out in protest and the next day the the sug was flush with bread right. and people were like and mm-hmm. your point being like thank you next. Is, yeah, like, exactly. No, thank you next. This is not mm-mm. pretty much. Um, yeah, so I thought it was just um <clears throat> slightly problematic to um, like put that stamp on these protests because they were about so much more. Um, I, I think eventually people got the hang of it and they understood that the point um, of this quote unquote revolution is just to topple the government. Like people right. don't care anymore. They just need this Negro gone. Um, yeah, so that was that. And then what else the, were we talking the, about? The, the one thing I wanted to mention, uh, which is an argument that our dear friend Ahmad Tariq made, shout out to Ahmad Tariq, mm-hmm. was that the only problem with with arguing that these are not bread protests is that it alienates basically the most vulnerable segment of society that really is suffering from, like that's suffering the most from mm-hmm. this bread shortage and, and are obviously the people who have... Uh, who who are the most motivated to come out against the government? Right. Um, so saying that like this is not you know this is not about bread is sort of like middle classifying mm-hmm. this th- these protests and, and no, making but it, it seem is like it's, about bread. I think it's yeah, just not only about bread. Exactly. That's all we need people to understand. Like yes, bread is definitely the catalyst. It is right. the, the straw that broke the camel's back, but it is not the only thing mm-hmm. get making people go out in the street. They're fed up about everything, like mm-hmm. the fact that they don't have bread, the fact that they their education system sucks. They're not getting a proper education. The fact that there are no jobs because we live like our government or whatever the whole system is broken and based on wasthat and whatever and like you don't have a good education so you can't get a good job and you don't have good health care so you're basically dying for no reason and there's nobody held accountable for your death because there's no system in place to keep people accountable like there's so right. many other things that 
that have led people to be where they are today out in the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and bread is just one side of it. My problem exactly. with saying that this is just a, um, or this is just about bread is that it ignores the failure of the government in all of these other areas. That's like, the thing, though. I I yeah. I feel like the this bread um, crisis was just a symptom of a very deep wound. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand the in, the intricacies of Sudanese politics mm-hmm. and Sudanese history. They are not familiar with what's happening in Sudan. There isn't a light being shined on Sudan the way there is on other countries. Mm -hmm. And so people don't really know what's happening. They don't know what's been happening. And so for them, from the surface, all they see is two things, economic crisis and that forward. Before that, it was civil war. uh, Yeah, and civil war. That's it. And I think it's much more complex than that. Uh, right. So yeah. So just to get back to like the the media coverage and how they've been um, kind of minimizing the protests and um, like you know shying around the whole like live ammunition mm-hmm. thing and mm-hmm. um, how many protesters have been killed. Um, I think it might be in correlation with the fact that a lot of countries have come out in support of this government. Mm. Um, Talk about it. Namely, Qatar, um, <clears throat> Egypt, uh, Turkey, I believe, Russia. Well, um, the U.S., the U.K., Canada, and Norway have met, have put out actual statements um, saying that they're aware of the situation in Sudan um, and they really support the protesters' rights. Um, to their freedom of speech, and they hope um, that the the government um, can basically refrain from killing these peaceful protesters, which you can basically translate to we don't fucking care. Yep. Like, we know yep. it's happening, but we don't care. Yep. And I think, um, yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. pretty much on our own pretty because... Much. Um, everyone is either on this government side or just completely or, indifferent. Right. Exactly. That is really the word. <laughs> that is that. That is absolutely the word. They yeah. are completely in, indifferent. Yeah. Um, and that's and how I think it's been for a, lo- a lot of our right. history. Like, and I yeah. was going to say that's um, part of um, this and other governments' responsibility that we've been so like isolated from the world right. as well. So right. it's like, worked to their I... advantage. And, you know, and it's, it's the only difference now is that people in the, I think in the past were sort of like, that was one more reason to not do anything because mm-hmm. even if we did, nobody would stand on our side and nobody would really come to our aid. And I think the difference right. now is that people are like, who the fuck cares? Like, right. I'd rather die. Mm-hmm. I'd literally rather die yeah. than live another second under this government. And I think that's what they weren't yeah. counting on. Yeah. People just being so fed up that mm-hmm. their lives don't mean more to them mm-hmm. than making this dude just pack his shit and go. 
this, I wanted to talk about this a bit later, but like part of why these protests seem so different from previous ones is that I feel like people have just reached a tipping point and they're like, yeah, we don't yeah. fucking care anymore. Yeah. Like this is happening. And that's saying um, a lot because I know for one, like me, I really didn't think we had a tipping point. I was like, huh, after 20, uh, what was it? 2016 mm -hmm. and the protests in 2016 and nothing happening there. I was like, you know what? We're just so broken that nothing is ever going to happen. We're just going to be like this forever. And so, like, that nobody ever imagined. Right. And be like, Right. What? Yeah. It's been <laughs> overwhelming. Yeah. Like, even watching videos um, of the protests, Like the first two weeks, I was yeah. just bawling in front of my phone every single day because yeah. how how have you led these people in with Laushare and you're tear gassing them and you're shooting them with live ammunition and um, they just come back every single day. Like, yeah. and five they're minutes like, later, people like, just, they're like, yeah, still here. Didn't get me this. Like, It was yeah. insane. When you think about it, it's it's absolutely crazy. I've seen people on Twitter write, you know, I uh, yeah just got arrested and beat up, and but back out on these streets, and I'm just yeah. like, wow, people really don't have a fuck left to give anymore. They're just like, nah, you gotta go, and it's. It's sad, but it's also really inspiring. <laughs> it's which is why I think the the slogan for this whole thing is amazing, because yeah, like we do not care just go, about just quit anything else at this yeah. point. We yeah. literally just want yeah. you to leave, and we will not stop until you do. Yeah, and I find <laughs> that insane. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Woo! Shout wow. out to the people. <laughs> Shout out. I um, listen. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about some of our, our, our feelings now. Like some okay. things, who do we want to drag <laughs> concerning what's going on right now? Um, do you want to start? Arabs? Um, yes. Let's, let's start Arabs. there. <laughs> let's start there. <laughs> First of all, عملتوها واضحة. We already know what Arabs think about a Sudan and Sudanese people. We already know that your image of us is infantilizing and gross and, 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 condescending. and, and condescending. We already know that you're racist. But it's also fascinating to me that the same people who don't want us want to liken our revolution to theirs. Mm -hmm. I don't get that. Being like, oh, this is the Arab Spring that came late to Sudan. Da, 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 da. First of all, about this whole Arab Spring um, comparison, just because I've heard that, like I've seen, <sighs> I've actually had like physical interactions with people where I've told them about what was happening in Sudan. 
And they were like, oh, Billahi, alhamdulillah, as-salam, hasaltuhum. Oh, like you're just catching up to Tunisia and whatever. And I'm like, okay, first of all. um, First of all, fuck you. Second of all. Um, First of all, you clearly don't know what you're talking. Like, do you know the history of my country? And they don't. Do do you think? Like, what do you, sir? So I've been um, like vigorously teaching people about how Sudan has already had um, two um, political uprisings where people have uh, toppled military regimes. Right. Um, Before anybody in the MENA region. Before most Gulf countries were actual countries. If you want to go there. Okay. If we want to be real about it. I mean. Facts. Listen. Um, so there's that. Um, I mean, how dare you? Honestly. Like, just, just how dare you? Then I don't be kidding. How dare um, you? First um, the people who talk to you about the post-Arab Spring. So they're like, oh, but like. What's the alternative? And what if you guys become right. like, you know, Libya or even worse, like Syria? And I would just let, um, I would like to let people know that Sudan has been. Say it. Say it. Has been um, an active war zone Hello. for several decades. Hello. And just because it's not happening in front of your house, Filmenshia, does not mean that these war zones do not exist. So um, I think the 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 I'm Arabs baffled on the internet slash on their government, uh, um, uh, what is it, uh, podiums. Mm-hmm. Talking about warning a Sudan in a very patronizing way about not devolving into Syria and Libya, and think about it. You, but they're like oh, their arguments are so is off point. I want to say. ignorant, not even irrelevant, lacking fact. When when your argument is oh, but like you have to be really careful because Al Muslimin. I'm like. Wah. Hello? Do you hello? Who? Have you met a Sudan? Hello? Like, do you know anything at all? Like, I ah, that is like the only thing more offensive and insulting than that is Sudanese people who are like, Libya, and the government getting on their goddamn mics and being like, oh, this is a warning to you. We're gonna devolve into Syria and Libya. Raiz being like, oh. Sir. Hello? Sir. Is this thing on? <laughs> Excuse me? Um, oh. What now? Are you out of your mind? That's I, I feel like I need to just... pull this up because I don't want to be speaking out of my ass, but I'm pretty sure we are um, the fourth, third or fourth country in the world to... With- um, export the most refugees. Listen, because can active you, war zones. 
نعم you have internal inter, internal displacement camps in your country sir in khartoum sir people are leaving by the thousands whether it be on planes on boats in trucks are you out of your ever loving mind and the people the sudanese people Who were like, That's why I'm saying, I feel like a lot of Sudanese people just need to realize that just because it wasn't happening in front of your door, does not mean that it was not happening. It was still happening in your country. And it was very real for a lot of people who were murdered, um, displaced, um, raped. Um, their villages were burned. Can we stop there for a second? Because I just want to remind everyone that the, 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 the same president right now that we are revolting against, who you are saying we should stay home because we don't want to be like Libya and Syria. This same person talked about uh, that 40 women and women of the West saying And I quote, Al-Gharbawiyah. Oh, no, please, no. Please don't say that. No, 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 no. No, don't say it. Don't say it. Shut up, Leah. I just want everyone to remember that statement. And we all said that, in our living that rooms. That sentence is so fucking triggering. And talked about that. We all sat in our living rooms and talked about that. And some of us didn't say that. Some of us said, A lot of us laughed, I think. And a very great many of us I laughed. mean. And none of us did anything. I, I don't think we should pat ourselves on the back because no. people are chanting... Um, now. Um, Let's talk about that. But I think, but I think it's really, um, it's not a bad thing that people are finally realizing um, no, what's been happening in the rest of the country. Yeah, it's you not what a bad I mean? thing. Like, at least there is that. Okay, it's, yeah. you know, fucking late and we're still not doing um, enough, to be honest, because reparations... But okay. um, let's be like, seriously, but yeah. I think it's really good that people are at least realizing that um, a lot of the division um, was not really caused by the government because we've always been racist. Like, let's not, you know, yeah. let's not um, but it was exploited 
and enhanced to further yes. divide people yes. and rule for longer, basically. Um, yes. And it's good that people at least, you know, can realize that now. I guess. Are, yeah, are starting to... Are, yeah, acknowledging that. Yeah. that maybe we're collective trash and we need to do better by Here's, our country people. Which leads me to my next point. Mm-hmm. I think one of the great things about what's happening now is, like you said, the fact that people are starting to sort of wake up from the the haze of what we've been told or what mm-hmm. we've been taught about, <clears throat> or basically to just be more cognizant of what's happening across the country or how people have suffered across mm-hmm. the country. Um, that's great. Uh, but I... I I think that that is also taken to mm-hmm. and we kind of overshoot on certain things mm-hmm. like, you know, everybody was sort of moved by this unity, this newfound unity that is starting to happen with people across mm-hmm. the country and how, you know, people in Khartoum are saying and people in Adlar are saying and whatever. And we're getting ahead of ourselves and making statements like, hey, you know, we should, after Kezan are gone, we should reunite with the South and blah, blah, blah. And I just... Okay, I have thoughts about that. Yeah, I think um, I just... One that I could express th- in like screaming, but I'll <laughs> try to form sentences. I want to say one thing before you give your thoughts. I just want to say that let us not get ahead of ourselves. Yes, it's wonderful that we are recognizing or we are becoming a little... I don't even want to say becoming because it's too early to say that. It's wonderful that we have started to understand the importance of unity and inclusivity mm-hmm. and the fact that we are all in this together and we should stand up for each other. I, I'm so glad that we are starting to realize that. But I think we also have to keep in mind that our history is not easily erasable. Right. And that uh, one chant <coughs> or one statement or this beginning, albeit a good one, a great one, this beginning is not a, a solution. It's not the fix. It I hasn't agree. fixed anything yet. We I haven't even agree. gotten to the part where we fix things. Mm-hmm. We're just saying, hey, I, I know now. Or I see right. it now. Not even I know now. I see it now. Mm-hmm. And that is not the same as it's fixed. That's not the same as we are unified. That's not the same as we are truly in it together it's not it's Mm -hmm. just not the same i agree yeah so those are that's that's just the disclaimer i wanted to put out before we talked specifically about saying things like we should reunite with the south (sighs) (laughs) go ahead first of all um who the fuck do you think you are Okay. First of all, to even think that they would what? Why? How? The the thing is, I don't think people realize um, that Southern Sudanese people were oppressed not only by the government um, that waged um, 
a brutal war against them for years and years, but also against um, just random ass, regular Northern Sudanese people um, of all walks of life. They were not only politically um, and militarily oppressed, they were also socially oppressed. And I would like to know what has changed in our society for any reason to come back to why? For what? Why is how is this? Who are you? I'm so confused. Like, I thank you. I saw that like the first time on Twitter that someone said that, like when we get rid of um, El Kazan, um, can we please be reunited with the South? And I just cringed and I was like, no. Um, but then I saw it like a lot, Keep and I was happening. like, "Who? The motherfucking entitlement, <laughs> the gall, and the gumption." For what? For why? These people made a democratic decision and collectively, overwhelmingly, decided to to just be left the fuck alone. Can we just do that? I don't understand. Like, what is this? Can we just focus on us? Like, this. we're not even united within ourselves in North Sudan. Um, that part. So I don't know that where that audacity is coming part. from. The fact that we have nothing to offer. We have also, nothing... What are Sorry. we offering? In the words Sorry. of Omiya Shokat, what are we offering? Are we offering a country that is war-torn and disconnected and not unified, where people are still actively bigoted against other people who they've been taught for years before Al-Kazan, might I add, to mm-hmm. discriminate 1, against these... Same people that you want to now come back? Mm-hmm. Excuse There are so Not only that, are we as a people, do you think we're ready to even have no. a debate about no. a possible secular state no. eventually? Because no. if not, what? No. Are you ready for a secular state? Yes or no? No. after it's secular, see how that works out for you, and then maybe ask them if they want to come. Like, huh? And then maybe a uh, operative word, ask. And then maybe ask them if they want to come back. I think a lot of people making you know these what? statements Why would they? are Why just, would they? <laughs> are what? just <laughs> saying it like it's their right. And some people have said as much. It's our right to want a unified country. No, it's not. It's no. not your right. It really no, isn't. It really you lost really that right when you stayed really silent not. about what was happening for Ginoob, when you allowed people to discriminate against a Ginoobian, and when you said nothing when it came time for the referendum. Right. Nobody stood up and said, hey, listen, we know we fucked up, but listen, listen, hold on. Just wait, wait it out a little bit. Let us try to fix things. Nobody right. said that. Mm-hmm. Nobody said that. And honestly, the the only reason um, these people are romanticizing uh, a unified Sudan because they're all talking about like, oh, you know, 
يعني زمان كنا بلد واحد بلد المليون ميل ذا وايت ناو بلد المليون ميل رايت بلد المليون exactly. Okay. And, and we were like the biggest country in Africa and it was so great. And I, I feel like the only way you could fix your face to say something like that is because you have a completely different perspective and experience about unified Sudan um, than the people who've been oppressed because you, yeah, just, so you have not, no idea. Like how you're many just... Of us, how many of us have... <coughs> have, uh, con- have considerable meaningful relationships with South Sudanese people? Not, not enough people, to be honest. How many of us? I feel like a great many of the same people who are saying, oh my God, we want to unify Sudan, are the same people who have never dealt with a South Sudanese person on, a, on an individual, equal level. No meaningful interaction. This is so random and completely irrelevant, but do you remember when someone posted a video of some protest um, in front of like a university or something? And for mm-hmm. some reason, people thought it was in Paris. Um, and so there's a girl like chanting in the video and one of mm-hmm. the comments was like, has to be light if he parties when it's Sudan. Oh um, my God. And then I remember um, a South, Sudanese person that I follow on Twitter um, quote tweeted that and was like, yeah, this is why we left this you all. And I was like, you know what? Left. Let me tell you. Yeah, I get that- like, yes, this. Yes, I know. Like, we're terrible. What is this? I'm here for the dragging that has happened on Twitter. Yeah, I am thoroughly. I'm so here um, for it because we deserve to be dragged. Right by our baby hairs like i think at this point we all have um like an actual civil responsibility to drag people in our families our circles of friends our entourage um just we've had that responsibility drag drag i know we have we've just never taken it on it's it's time like this is it this is the time Yes, this to is to implement the time real um, change that will actually like positively affect our society. I guess this is the time. Yeah. Like this yeah. is this is it. This is also the time for us to stop talking to South Sudanese people about reunification. Now is the time. Um, now is the time to understand that they have made their choice. Oh, speaking of which, the other thing that really annoyed me was all the people making arguments that the the <clears throat> secession was not really a choice made by South Sudanese, even though there was a fucking referendum and people voted 99% mm-hmm. to leave, mm-hmm. that it was a political ploy. And that it was already a thing decided politically and that people didn't really have a choice in it. And if they had the choice, they would have stayed. Okay. Even um, though... These, these people's opinions are completely irrelevant because they clearly do not know a single South Sudanese person. Clearly. So nobody cares about... Like, I don't care. You can, Even though uh, there sure, are whatever. South Sudanese on the timeline right now being like, nah, we... No, we chose. We chose. We chose. Just, we all chose. Um, we all chose to go. I think it's it's time to just leave them alone. 
Yes. Like really, truly. Just, just, just leave them alone. As on. a lot of them said, and you know what? South Sudanese on, on my timeline have been pretty damn gracious considering the crap that they've and been so hearing. And so supportive. For yes, what? Supportive. Like I would have been so petty. For what? Exactly. Why, exactly. why do you, we literally do not what? deserve. Listen, all the people who've been very supportive of these protests, like people from Darfur and Jibal and Nuba and uh, South Sudan, we're not even worthy. Like just, nope. we sure just, aren't. Like yeah, we don't even worthy. deserve this. The rest of us are very unworthy of any support or, gr- or graciousness from them. But they have been very <coughs> gracious about being, first of all, even, even, even being willing to engage in discussion or conversation with us about this very stupid topic and our, about our own entitlement. But they've also been like, listen, we can just be neighbors. We How can about be great that? Neighbors. How about that? We just be great How neighbors. How about that? We wish you all the best. But just let's just be neighbors. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. I don't understand. But as Saldik said, uh, a lot of people consider a lot of people who want reunification are talking about it from a very selfish perspective of the South is rich in resources and we want that back. And we realized how rich it was in resources when they left. And we want that back. We don't want them per se. We want to benefit further benefit from the resources that are available in South Sudan. And I could not agree more. I don't think any of us really consider, I don't think a lot of us consider, consider really, first of all, what they've been through. And secondly, how we feel about them. Or even if we know them at all. What do we know about South Sudanese culture? Just, right. Just putting it out let's there. Let's start there. Let's, like, what do we know about the actual people of South Sudan to want them back or think that we should have them back i wholeheartedly agree um, um so anyway i think we should that. leave them alone and that is yes, definitely please leave them alone. That. just let them live uh the next thing i wanted to talk about was um so things have you know there there's been some some changes in the way that sudani twitter has been moving since the beginning of these protests okay Zaman, we were kind of. I, uh, like I said, I haven't been on Twitter like that in ages. So well, allow me to give you a quick rundown. Please. So, in the positive, on the positive uh, side, mm-hmm. um, people have been less concerned with uh, uh, what her, who has a nose ring where, uh, okay. <laughs> who's hair is out and who's mahajaba and who's halabiya and who's zirga like we're just cool. we're nice not concerned we're less concerned with that which is okay. wonderful um also uh people have become uh, there's a lot less uh i hate sudan and i want to leave there's mm-hmm. a lot less of that like almost none of that which i thought was pretty um uplifting the fact that there was no more like F Sudan, this Sudan, crap Sudan, shit. Like we don't hear anything. Listen, I, I don't know. If, maybe I should talk about this later. But I was going to talk about how um, this whole thing has been like such an emotional roller coaster. Yes, it has. Absolutely. But I feel like um, I don't know. I was just really overwhelmed by this like collective 
sense of patriotism. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, um, Sudani Twitter has jokes and it's all like, fuck Sudan and fuck this and that. And we have mad jokes, you know? Um, and I think these protests have helped us realize that um, we actually do care about this country a lot. Mm-hmm. And most of the things we complain about are products of this government. Yes. And that what we hate is not the country, but what the government has done with it, basically. To, right. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, like, I don't, there's been just like so much, like, overflowing love for the motherland. Yeah. And, and I, I, I appreciate nice. that a lot. And I think it's very telling that people, can almost overnight go from, I hate this place and I don't belong here and this is not my home and home is where the heart is and whatever and all this stuff of like, you know, nationalism or patriotism is a sham and blah, blah, blah. Overnight to... I will die for this country. And, you know, we need to fight and keep fighting and people... um, uh, what's the word, encouraging each other and pushing each other along mm-hmm. to make this movement a success. Like, I think that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a lot of uh, Zaman, we, we always, like, whenever people were talking about this government needs to go and blah, 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 and all that, there was a lot of talk of, like, immediately the reaction is, al-badil minu, al-badil shinu, uh, mm-hmm. You know, what's the alternative? There's no real alternative. There's nobody to take over, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And that has also been eradicated like i haven't seen anybody say mm-hmm. whatever like it's just been this overwhelming wave of they gotta go regardless literally like, they just have to go like which is literally. also really telling of like the situation and how right. bad it's gotten mm-hmm. you know because people are um, like we'll figure it out we'll be okay right we people just, are just like we we'll just figure need it out. change exactly like, right like it doesn't matter we'll figure it out right um but somebody made a comment. I saw I saw a tweet yesterday, I believe, that I thought was really, really uh, that that was really poignant. And that was the person was arguing like, we talked a lot about al badil minu and al badil shinu and stuff. And those same people never considered that the people who are in power right now never had a plan for this country. Mm-hmm. And it's obvious from the way that they've been managing. Like, they've never had a real plan. They've never envisioned what future this country should have. Mm -hmm. They've never had anything concrete, like Mm -hmm. a concrete strategy for how to build the country. So what what is the point of asking al-Badil Minu when who we have now isn't much better than having nobody? It's pretty much winging it. Yeah, they have been pretty much winging it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty. That, I thought that was pretty interesting. But we still have, you know, I mean, it's early, and we still have a way to go with things. But I, I think a lot of us uh, are still wrapped in our specific bubble of maybe privilege or our specific bubble of experience. Uh, We're still, and it's natural, but we're still looking at things from our perspective and considering that to be the standard. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that is changing a little bit, but needs to change more. So for example, this idea that this revolution is about economy. We want بلد جديدة. We want حكومة جديدة because we want to build a بلد. We want to have اقتصاد أحسن. We want to have um, تعليم أحسن. And then when you talk about the social injustice, when you talk about the social aspects of how this country needs to change, people are like, ده ما وقته. But I, I also feel like I don't for, like from what I've seen personally on Twitter, and I know that Twitter is not a reflection of the streets, but whatever. Um, I feel like a lot of people have been advocating for like a radical social change. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have been associating like getting rid of El Kezan to uh-huh. like um, just changing our behavior as a society. Right. But I think a lot of people are also considering that When El Kezan leave, that's when everything magically is going to get fixed. When it's like, it's a little bit deeper than that. It's mm-hmm. not just about El Kezan and their, like, it's not just about the political uh, aspect of things. It's also about the social. So mm-hmm. even if El Kezan leave, their ideas, their, their ideology is still there. Mm-hmm. Because it's been there for 30 years. Like, that's all they know. Mm-hmm. And they've been educated in this way. And I think it's important for us to keep in mind that, yes, and we're see, starting to see, like, really amazing changes. Like, um, the Sudanese Professionals Association, um, in their call out to Kasela to come out and protest, they wrote it in, in uh, I think there was a... a oh, call out but Arabi and a call out in Bija, which is mm-hmm. like unprecedented. Right. To the actual acknowledgement of local language. <laughs> people are speaking their local languages or or tribal languages, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And that that is a thing. Like we need to recognize that that's a thing. Not everybody's first language is Arabi. Right. Not everybody and and it should and it should, you know, and like Yes, Arabic is the official language, but that doesn't mean that it supersedes or that it is more important than people's like people's language. Mm-hmm. I think that's an amazing thing that we're recognizing that. But I also just I just don't want it to be a thing where it's lip service, where like yeah, it sounds nice and and we're saying it now, and then when things change, then it's like oh. That's uh, let's put that in the back burner. Like I don't want mm-hmm. that. I don't want it to be that. I think that's my concern. Um, I think all of those things are like the But political and the social. Are really, it's kind of related to another very tricky debate that I've seen mm-hmm. going around because <clears throat> I feel like a lot of people have been associating this government with um, like the very strict Islamic regime and mm-hmm. the Arabization of Sudan mm-hmm. and they kind of want to steer away from that. So they're like, okay, right. so let's just not be Arabs anymore and just um, maybe find better allies in other right. African countries because we've been like very isolated from other African countries that are totally. not Arab. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of people 
um, would really like to see that happen. But also there's um, a sizable portion of the population who's like, oh, well, we don't want to deny our Arabness and, right. you know, we can be both. And that's right. like very specific to our country. So how about we have both? And my position in, in that debate is we kind of can't really do that because Arabization in Sudan <laughs> has been associated with so much oppression and it's been the dominant yeah. culture for so long that if like yeah. if you just get another government that wants to like <laughs> it's hard oh, it's can hard we not I, like you can be arab like it doesn't have to be an right, identity it doesn't have to be do you know what i mean it doesn't have to be a national identity because it's not It's not like it's an identity that exists in our country, but it's not the national identity Absolutely. at all. Okay. And I think that's the problem. I mean, that's that was my point that people are still looking at things from their very specific, very northern Sudan mm -hmm. perspective. And I think mm -hmm. that needs to be, we need to at least recognize that, like, I'm not the only, mine is not the only perspective. Mm -hmm. And then maybe we should consider some of these other perspectives, you know, that are equally valid. I think, See? like, I mean, you said it absolutely the best. Being a Arab is part of our identity. It is not part of our, it is not a national identity. Because we are made up of so many more people. And I don't think that the majority, truth be told, I mean, I don't know. I'm not an ethnographer. And I don't have, like statistics but i just feel like if we're talking percentages not that i don't many. know if i don't <laughs> know if we're the majority i don't know if an arab if but arab, not even that like in in a country like sudan who do you even con consider arab because a lot of um tribes from the north have been arabized Belgua, like through brutal, brutal okay. oppression. Right. So, are And they that's... supposed to consider themselves Arabic, Arab? Sorry, just because they speak, they've speak been Arabic. made to speak Arabic. And that's the T on that. <laughs> Listen, it's do you consider Nubians um, Arab because they're not? No, they're not. And But most of them been don't Arabized. consider themselves Arab. Right. But they have been Arabized and their languages have been like, there has been an Abu lacking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Can we just acknowledge that? Yeah. Listen. Which is why uh, I'm saying, like, I understand that in your little romantic idea of your identity, you're like very proud of being both um, Arab black and black. And um But that really comes from a place of insane privilege, like insane, yeah. because you, you like, sure, you can be proud of whatever you want if that's how you identify, but you, you really are um, ignoring the realities of a lot of other people in your country and it's messed that on that for me. Well... <laughs> Uh, very well said. I completely agree. <laughs> uh, moving on. 
Okay. Um, one of the most amazing things to come out of this movement has been the artistic awakening, if you will. Okay. Uh, that has happened. I don't know where all these people were hiding. Not, you know. I just think that, let me not say it that way. What I want to say is, mm-hmm. this movement has inspired so much incredible mm-hmm. art. It has been rich. Oh my goodness. Like every day, mm-hmm. every day, people are producing, like there are artists who are producing one, more than one piece a day. Mm-hmm of just absolute excellence mm-hmm. geared Listen, towards- there's been, I don't know if we're going to have time to talk about all of this, but there's been just so many excellent things coming from this. Yes. Like, just so many. So many. All around. So um, many. I'm so proud of all of these artists who have been releasing an incredible, powerful, expressive work Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all, you know, in this, uh, very, not, I don't want to say patriotic, but like very Sudan centered, mm-hmm. um, very, it's all been very Sudan centered and it's, right. it's just, it's incredible. It's it so is. incredible. And it also shows you how repressed people were. Exactly. Thank just you. This little I nefes. feel like it's been so much built up frustration. Yeah. Um, yeah. That has just like exploded. But imagine in this habbatanafasdi has produced this much amazingness. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we really had the, if people had the opportunity oh, and the chance and the room to grow. Can you imagine? Like. That's been the most mind-blowing part of all of this for me. Like, in our underachievement has been Al-Kabt. That's mm-hmm. it. There's no I other reason agree. for us to be underachievers as Sudanese right. people inside Sudan. Like, there was no other reason. Like you said earlier, before we started the podcast, Sada was like, Everything is the government's fault. Everything that goes wrong in our lives, every is the single thing, fault. and it you really don't is. understand. Like ev- literally, every single thing, everything. Because this is proof. Just to like give context, I said that because we were talking about how, um, like my family's home back in Sudan, just like it was just finished and. They've been trying to build this house for like eight years. It took actually eight years to finish um, the house. And I was saying that's the government's fault. And I completely stand by that. Of course, it's the government's fault. Like, what do you mean? What else created the conditions um, that would lead to something like just everything, the inflation, the, the restrictions, the, the, the restrictions, ev- just everything, Every- the <laughs> subpar uh, <sighs> ability, like everything is the government's fault. Everything mm-hmm. is the government's fault. I completely and agree. This artistic awakening has been just further proof that really all that people needed was just a breath of freedom, just a little bit of mm-hmm. room, just a, a tinge. 
we are overflowing with potential. Mm-hmm. And given the opportunity, and given, I mean, this is just with the opportunity. Now imagine if we had the opportunity and the tools. It's just like there's no, there's no stopping us. There's no stopping us, you guys. There's no stopping us. And in our hakumah ziftidi, a shell of ourselves. I won't say our former selves. I'll say a shell of ourselves. Anybody who is in Sudan and had the potential to be great was hollowed out by this government, its policies that have created a, a, um, an oppressive environment mm-hmm. in which to live, a, a restrictive environment in which to live, a mm-hmm. hopeless environment in which to live. Right. Anybody who you speak to who goes to Al-Khartoum in Berra or lives in Khartoum, the first comment they used to make is that people are dead inside. Mm-hmm. And they just can't, like, there's nothing. Nobody wants to deal with anything. Everybody's just really frustrated and mm-hmm. at their wits' end. And now we've seen this, like, revival of people. Right. Of people being people, being like mm-hmm. human beings, mm-hmm. as opposed to just like walking robots or right. just like walking balls of nerves. There's been so many just incredible stories of like people genuinely um, yes. looking out for each other. Um, yes, like it's been insane. It's been so overwhelming, to be honest. I want to say I want to share two stories that I saw from, okay. from last week that I thought were really really cool. Mm-hmm. The first is um, the the car that was that got like so. There's a protest. I think from <gasps> oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and the car and one of the cars that was parked on the street, uh, the security forces shot a tear gas canister and it went into the car. Mm-hmm. And broke the window and whatever. And people, like, this is insane. People not only, like, from, like, exploding or whatever. Mm -hmm. They recorded it. So to prove that, like, this is how your car was damaged. Destroyed. Yeah. And then they collected money on the street Mm -hmm. to help the person, the owner of the car, fix their vehicle. What? What type of community togetherness mm-hmm. are we seeing? Like, and they left a note. The note was everything and more. And they left a <laughs> note. What the was note that? What was on the note? I can't remember the note exactly. It was but... um, Oh my god! Like how Which incredible! Is... How you know incredible! That is a goddamn word. <sighs> then the other story that I saw. I can't remember mm-hmm. where it was from, but it Um People got together, young people got together, I think it was about 80 young people, 80 youths, 80 people, mm-hmm. I mean, got together and went around to the families that lost their sons during the protests. Mm-hmm. And like basically, like that thing shook me. This idea that like you are not alone in this, mm-hmm. and we're all here for you, and there's been like an incredible sense of community. Yeah, that I'm was, not like it's that was not there before. 
that was not there it's before. It's been amazing. Or even... It was not. No, it was And wasn't. there's so many stories, like... I can't remember which ones I wanted to talk about specifically, but there's stories of, like, um, uh, some guy who was in a protest and uh, and so he, like, ran into a hospital or something mm -hmm. and one of the doctors um gave him her lab coat she was oh, like um yeah. yo these people are looking for you and they know what color your shirt is so you better wear this yes and i thought that was like you know what sis shout out shout to out you. to you honestly and just like so, so many, many stories, stories like of so many. um like yes. you were like treating um people or like hiding. and whatever and hiding people in yeah. their homes yeah um at the risk of being tear gassed inside their homes. there was one lady who hid the one guy who was talking about how they hid in somebody's home and when an um came in she was like like they were mm -hmm. not in the protest and she really mm -hmm. acted like they were her sons But also the 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 lady um, who was like standing on a street and she saw um, like whatever cops or whatever um, trying to arrest um, like young men. Mm -hmm. And uh, every time they tried to arrest someone, she would go and cry and be like, "Oh my god, this is my oh son!" Oh my god, like, yes. I did, we were just like walking by. He has no idea about these protests, and she would start bawling, and they would just let them go. Queen. Um, oh, listen. Can I drag one one thing? Can I drag people for one thing? Now okay. that I remember it, speaking of women's involvement in this. Oh, I know where the movement. Okay. Which, FYI, <laughs> Sudanese women have been at the forefront of revolutionary We movements. We been been for Lara Bincroft. Okay? okay, Lara um, Bincroft. <laughs> I love her. No, seriously, like I'm really. I don't know. We have been um, at the. I feel like forever since the beginning of this country, Quays. But let's just put that to rest. But I think today I was listening to because it's not always um, the misogyny is not always ill-intentioned. Mm -hmm. The dismissal of Sudanese women's contribution to movements, to revolutionary movements, to social justice movements, has, is not always, it, it, sometimes it's well-intentioned, but it's still off. Mm -hmm. Today I was listening right. to a voice note that somebody had, had recorded about, the voice note was talking about Fatih Irwa and his involvement in the government and how he's like Koz Kabir, who is involved in a lot of like the corruption and whatever. I mean, that's mm -hmm. irrelevant. Okay. The person started the voice note being like, you know, Tahiya, the Shaba Sudani, Al Batal, Mabadif Shinu, Tahiya, the Shabab Sudan, Lerial Sudan, and Dahobi Hayatum, blah, 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 blah. And Tahiya, Lenisa Sudan, Al basically Dahu, Be Auladum, Uberialum. And that really sat so badly with me. That made me so annoyed and so uncomfortable because once again, you are reducing Sudanese women to walking uteruses that produce men for the movement. When Sudanese women are also putting their lives at risk 
-hmm. They have also lost their lives for the sake of this country. Um, You know, their contribution is more than just childbirth. Please let us let us let us just look at women <coughs> as human beings who also have a voice, who also use their voice for this movement, who are also putting. And it's also just really ignorant. On the it is it's very ignorant. It's very like it's just reductive, actually inaccurate Ugh, that women have not participated like, or have only contributed their sons and husbands like that's just that's not it not true. that's literally not it that's literally, literally not it there are women of all ages um in out in the protests with everybody else they are contributing with their bodies they are contributing with their knowledge and skills mm-hmm. they are contributing with their voices like it's not just about women's ability to give birth to and raise sons that can then go out and speak for us. That's, that's not it. Just, can we please stop with that? Um, there are a lot of, uh, this, uh, this is another thing that people have brought up and I didn't think about this before at all, actually, until I read Mm -hmm. about it and I was like, huh, that's a good point. This idea that is a kandaka, um, and for context, Kandaka or Candice, as you might know her, um, <laughs> is a is a term is a Nubian term for queen, for queens, right? Queens of Nubian kingdoms are called Kandakas, and so anybody, any woman who's out in a protest is called a Kandaka and whatever. And I thought it was cute. I was really liking. It. I was like, yes, Queen Kandaka. Oh, all these Kandakas out. Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, you know, that's really insulting. Like it's, I kind of agree. It's not, uh, you know, it's it's not the the compliment that it appears to be because you're a, you're 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 you know you're insinuating that any woman who goes out in a protest is doing something exceptional and unwomanly, right. like more than just being a regular woman who wants to. And that's it. because you don't think of women as actual human beings, right? You think of them as these like little you know, delicate creatures that right. just get married one day, like pop babies or whatever. Right. And right. that's what they're reduced to. But um, this is a regular thing that every human should participate in because... And that has been happening for a while. So right. I'm like... That really has been confused. happening, yeah, since this country's foundation. So... These, like, these yeah. women are the other half of your country and they're also directly... Um, affected by whatever bullshit this government is doing so why wouldn't they be out on this like women are just as affected by government policy you know what maybe worse because okay let's let's not go there (laughs) not even maybe for sure one thousand percent yes so so them being out in the street is something normal if not necessary because do you know how every time Something bad happens in Sudan. The government is like, oh, they're not going to be able to do it. Right. Yeah, they're not going to be able to do it. Exactly. Like, just, they just, they want to be heard. Like, I don't understand why it's, like, such a fascinating... Basic human need to be heard and respected. and they But also shout out to them, because they be badass. Okay. Um, the, the, the one proof that we had of that was there was a video from a protest and you can hear in the video a guy being like 
right? Mm-hmm. Ma tadlu, ma tkunu hina, because whatever. And the girl literally like snaps back like, la, nihna mafrud nakun barra hina. Like, nihna mafrud nakun hina. No, it is our duty to be out here. Like, ma tkun lena, nihna kula nasawa fi I also read this story about how this guy was trying to go out um, and protest and he was like sneaking out obviously because he didn't want his parents to know right and his mom caught him and she's like and then she called his sisters and she was like um you two should go with him because when all of this is happening right so so yeah so i mean like i said bottom line um women are muslim and they are humans who are also affected by this and them being out in the street should not be something special and extraordinary and, um, you know, uh, queen-like behavior. This is just regular human behavior. Uh, drag me, okay? Because I was out here being like, kandakas. And then I read that and I was like, huh. You are absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, so that's that on that. Uh, oh, the one thing I also want to talk about is the overwhelming number of people the overwhelming number of young people who make up these protesters and mm-hmm. who have lost their lives. Like, I don't think anybody who has lost their life so far is over the age of, like, 30. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody is very, very young. Uh, from the very beginning of these protests, we saw kids, kids, kids being mm-hmm. out in the street. And... As wonderful as it is and as symbolic as it is, I do feel uncomfortable with the presence of children mm-hmm. out in the street because of the government's uh, violent reaction to protests. I just feel like kids don't belong out in the street. And I think too often our children have put themselves on the front line for mm-hmm. the sake of the country. And while, I like, yes, it is... Their duty, they're still kids. It's our duty as adults to be there for them. Like high school students and middle school students should not be out in the street protesting. In 2013 or whenever it was, 2016, 2013? I don't Mm -hmm. remember what year. But those high school students were gunned down in the street. And like that should not happen again. We should not allow that to happen again. So just a thing for people to keep in mind. Like if you're out in a protest... And you see a child, please send that child home. Because, oh my, like. I mean, I I agree, I but also, um, I don't, like, I'm trying to think back. And I've been on hella protests when I was in high school. The only difference is that in Sudan, you might get shot. Yeah, that's but what I'm I saying. But I think it's really important as a teenager to kind of like form a political opinion and like care about your country and all of that i think it's just really unfortunate that they have to do it in sudan right and you know run the that's risk what i'm of saying i think it's important for kids to be to understand uh you know their their civic duty mm-hmm. and and all that but i think in the current circumstances of them shooting at people indiscriminately like i just i just would rather not put children through that right but that being no, said I get like that. yeah that's just you know that's my personal opinion i'm sure that like other people will disagree with that but 
And yeah. and also speaking of which, um, I've seen a lot of people um, who are like in this euphoria of you know being on the street and um, and although it's extremely like incredibly um, brave to right. do that, and I feel that we're all indebted towards them totally. But also, I feel like people should be like not be reckless is what I mean yes because a lot of people have been like oh you know I don't fucking care and I could just die and like who cares about bullets I'm like we care like yeah. as a people we don't want to lose you you're very valuable to this um revolution yeah. and we need you to survive and it's completely okay if you're scared shitless and you run because that's what you're humanly programmed to do right to survive that's like, survival yeah Uh, a lot of people have been making that argument of like this whole uh, or you know yes these are all great slogans but when but also but also and you are like not, for actual real and um yeah and also you are that, more like, valuable to the movement and to the country alive than you are dead. Most definitely. Uh, so there's no shame in, I think a lot of times, or it just seems that people are you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. uh, they feel like they have to prove something. You don't have to prove nothing. The fact that you're yeah. out in the street is, is proof enough. And, right. you know, you just have to be, there's no shame in keeping yourself safe. There's no shame in Avoiding death. There's no shame in right. that at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that's that's worth mentioning. Um, this reminds me. A, a lot mm -hmm. of people have been putting out, you know, these like tips on how to go about this. Right. And, you know, this one, this one was one of them. Like, keep yourself safe. Your safety comes first. And run if you need to. Hide if you need to. Because, again, you're more valuable alive than dead. Um, right. But also... Uh, there's been a debate back and forth between, you know, these people are are combating these peaceful protests with death. Like, they are mm -hmm. out to kill us. And so maybe this is not the time for peaceful protesting anymore. And, you know, mm -hmm. like, maybe people should start arming themselves, whether it be, like, Molotov cocktails or however they can. Like, this should be uh, violence begets violence, and, like, we should fight back. Mm -hmm. And I understand that perspective uh, very much. I get it. I get that you have a right to defend yourself. But I, mm -hmm. think, I think it's also tricky because right now the brunt of the responsibility is on the government. Like these people are coming out, right? Mm -hmm. And they're just using their voices. They're not using anything else. And you're shooting at them and you're killing them. Mm -hmm. But once it turns violent on the side of protesters once you start using violence back then it kind of and it's unfair to say but it kills your credibility i think and then it just justifies right. the violence of the government now it's right. no we are trying to uh, maintain law and order because these people are violent now they're throwing Molotov cocktails right. they're attacking police and security forces and so they deserve to be dealt with as such and right. That just, you know, 
like I said, it's completely unfair, but it it kills your credibility. And then I think it allows them to be even more violent and aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if things turn violent, if protesters turn violent, then it's just like carte blanche. Like you now are giving them free reign to like <coughs> shoot to kill you. Not that they haven't been doing it before, so, but now on a much wider scale. Right. So I agree with that, but not at all because I think um, it affects your credibility, although that is a good point. But I think that because this started as a peaceful protest and it was so organic, like it Mm -hmm. wasn't organized by any political party or union or whatever, um, Right. Yeah. And I feel like because people have kept momentum, like it's been a whole month and I don't think anybody expected that the first day at all. Um, I think they're slowly but surely getting exhausted. So there has been mm-hmm. um, like it has been working for now. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like what would violent protests add that we can't accomplish, you know, if people keep this momentum and the protests stay peaceful. Like, I just, I don't get it. That's a good point. I didn't, actually, I didn't think about that at all. You're right. It's already been working peacefully. So what does violence add that hasn't been accomplished by peaceful protesting? And I say it's been working. Obviously, I'm not like I know that people have lost their lives to these protests, but it would probably be much worse if um, the fight is violent on both sides. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, I feel like the government would definitely crank up um, just the like the live ammunition and the dushkas and whatever they've been using. Yeah. so yeah, I don't know. I feel like the the um, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm just like an idealist, but I feel like because this started out as like such a peaceful organic movement that it should um stay that way for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So we are talking about all of this and we are People who are both outside of a Sudan, we are not mm-hmm. in the midst of it. We're not in the thick of things. Uh, all of these things that we've talked about, all of our analysis is from our perspective as people who are, uh, for lack of a better term, outsiders looking in, right? None of what we said today is is in, in any way like reproaching protesters or the movement at all. Like all of all of what we've said is just from our perspectives as as people looking into the what's happening. Um, mm-hmm. So as people who are outside, or I mean even people who are inside who are not directly involved in the protest, mm-hmm. what can people do to help, in our opinion? And so, what are people doing that isn't helping? As, as someone um, who is living outside of Sudan, and uh, who only knows about what's happening through Twitter right. and like my mom's WhatsApp or whatever. <laughs> like I'm not in the action. Right. I think um, the best thing I can do is uh, stay in my lane. 
yes. وما انظر للناس اللي هم يدهم في النار basically Um, and okay. I highly recommend that we all follow this advice. I think the first thing we can do is stay in our individual lanes. Yeah. Because I've seen people. Listen, huh? I've seen people in the beginning of this movement. Like mingolatit, be like ah, a nas week for the yom, mother at the shari, ah, halas, tahribuha, or hairslash, you know, not even just even like for everyone. Ufulan galu magal, uditkilam and a soda domitkilam, the hashtag with a mahashtag, umavadishino, ufulanadik, ulema. Like, can we not? Can we just do you? Can you just do you? And can you not tell people, Fisudan? risking their lives how to risk their lives can you not do that please can we not tell them and can you just not tell people in general how to care just yes. in general because this whole thing of like uh, fulan is patriotic because you know he uses the hashtag and uh, a fulana doesn't care because she hasn't mentioned it in like 48 right. hours oh my god <laughs> Um, I just, I, first of all, I don't understand the point of that. And second of all, there's so much to do for everyone to yes. be involved in this, um, thing that's happening that you don't need to be telling people what to do. You really don't. Like there's, there's a lot of responsibility to go around. Um, and people can contribute in like a million different ways that Absolutely. you know nothing about. Absolutely. Um, and I don't think it's anyone's place to like, shame people into do like what is this and even if they like literally actively don't care even if they're like i don't give a fuck about what's going on if it's doing that i couldn't care less i want to sit here and eat my quinoa salad and not care mm -hmm. that is their business not yours it doesn't do anything and not for you. yours it doesn't change your life in any way it right. does nothing So what's the point of caring about it? We've been saying this ever since we started this podcast. Mind your business. And also... Mind um, your business. Like you're... People don't have to... Like be involved in the exact same way that you are involved. In order for it to it be a contribution. it doesn't mean right. that they don't care. And mm -hmm. if they don't care... Um, Like, what's it to you? Maybe after the revolution, you can, like, Thagaldin or something. But, like, Be I don't understand. Be passionate about your own business. The other thing that I wanted to mention is that not only is it not your business uh, how people care or what people do, but can we stop with this? Um, even people inside a Sudan, like, When they do do something, you want to mm. complain about it. Like t like today on Twitter, there's a whole discussion about. And they're doing it all wrong. And they're worried about their uh, college careers. And they're worried about whatever. Or they didn't. Oh my God. Can we stop? Can we stop this stupid rivalry between the Jamaat al-Hukumiyah 
الجامعات الخاصة بين أولاد مامون أنا أولاد خرطوم أولاد الرباط like who the fuck cares oh my god how can you be more off point who cares who cares who goes where not a single person who cares in in this in this life and death circumstance literally who the mm-hmm. fuck cares what Olad Mamun are doing or not doing what Olad Rabat are doing or not doing if you yeah. have some constructive advice to give as in how to plan a protest how to right um, right put a, put, a, put together a strike in their school whatever mm-hmm. do that but mm-hmm. otherwise keep your stupid mouth shut because nobody cares we don't have time we don't have the time and so to answer your question about um what i think people can do to help yes i would say that like the only thing i can really say is do what you can mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it like do what you can do what you know um whether you're like actually in sudan and going out on the streets um and that's what you want to do that's great if you're one of the people who are like i don't know like feeding and distributing water to the protesters right. do that if you don't want to be on the streets at all but you have some skills that could be useful to the protesters um maybe share those um just yes. whatever your area of expertise is do that mm-hmm. write some fucking graffiti on the walls like it makes me so happy to see just random Same. pictures in khartoum with walls saying like Same. okay if if that's your thing do that obviously yes. if you're an artist um and you you're feeling moved or inspired by this movement um just share your work yes. because it is so valuable and so important in like fueling um these protests um i don't know donate like donate your time or your yeah, money, money. Mm-hmm. um my own personal thing that i've been doing is to just tell every single person i meet about this right. like even at work people would be like hey how are you doing i'm like oh not so great thanks for asking um <laughs> revolution happening in my country i need to tell you about this. like that's what i've been do- to every single per- just like all around right um yeah i don't like and even if you if you don't know what to do if you don't know what you're good at if you don't know what to do get on al gore's internet and offer your services be like i mm-hmm. am somebody who is willing and able to help mm-hmm. in whatever capacity i can i don't know what to do but i would love to help please if anybody right. needs any help with something specific let me know this is my availability i'm in sudan i'm out of sudan whatever whatever you have put it up there and people mm-hmm. will go to you they will seek you out they will find you if you are somebody who they think mm-hmm. they can that can contribute there and like even the very like not even small but things that don't seem significant matter right. that, yeah like that significant um could actually be really useful um i saw that what's that account's name because we've read oh we yeah did, like an emergency reading session on yes, sudan like if that. you know um of any I don't know like books or any other materials that you think are relevant and that people should be aware of maybe share those mm-hmm. like share music people have been making playlists on YouTube um yes so much you can just do so, so much you can do and in the absence do. 
of anything else, <laughs> feel free to drag your family members, mm-hmm. your friends, acquaintances, uh, people in your extended circle when they mm-hmm. say dumb things. That mm-hmm. will be your contribution to the revolution. Drag also, everybody. Drag echoes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and educate yourself. That's also a contribution right. to the revolution. Educating yourself about mm-hmm. what's happening about Sudan in general. Look at a map. A lot of us don't mm-hmm. know geography. <laughs> Look at a map that of Sudan. So true. Contemplate it. Um, so learn. Sad. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So that's that. Um, yes sir, yes ma'ams. Do we have any yes sir, yes ma'ams for this uh, episode? Uh, no, but I have like lists and lists of people that I feel like I'm very um, grateful to. Uh, I think I my uh, ambiguous yes or yes, ma'am, is to the Sudanese people. Yeah, just in general for yes. for be for finally be you know yes, finally girl. putting themselves first. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm proud of us for putting ourselves first. I'm proud of us for um, realizing that we deserve. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only do we deserve, but we deserve better and more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad. I'm. I'm proud of us for finally finding our voice uh, right. and, and exercising it to the best of our ability. <coughs> uh, I'm proud of us. I'm just proud of us. Yay us! Um, I wholeheartedly agree, mm-hmm. and I would like to add that this uh, soda is for everyone yes to be honest it's for our parents because they've seen like just the they've they've witnessed um a country that like they initially loved very much yeah um just be turned to shit so that's for them um it's also for the kids because honestly they deserve better like what the fuck we can't fail them as a country yes um it's for all the people in Darfur and the Nuba Mountains yes. who've endured this regime and our collective indifference. And I feel like we, we're just, we, we're not allowed to do that anymore. It At just all. cannot happen. Um, this is also for the people of uh, South Sudan. Absolutely. Because we have failed them. and Monstrously. Um, tremendously <laughs> like to just i just i don't know what to say uh, it's, this it's been insane this though um, is also for south sudanese who were born and raised in north sudan and this was all they knew and who had their uh, citizenship and identity stripped from them purely based on the fact that they were uh of south sudanese ancestry Mm-hmm. This is for those people who are in limbo. This is for the South Sudanese who have North Sudanese parents mm-hmm. um, and don't fit in either country or feel right. that they don't fit in either country. This right. is especially for them because they deserve to claim their home. They deserve mm-hmm. to claim their people and their culture. They deserve to be a part of our society and integral and a basic part of our society uh, they deserve mm-hmm. to not be alienated and yeah so this this revolution is also for them 
Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And it's also for the kids who lost their lives drowning. Yes. Uh, yes. In this was is... that six months ago? Oh my God. That wasn't Because I feel like six ago. months ago, we had a podcast. Um, like we had an episode and it was called uh, Sudan is you okay oh and I feel God. like Sudan has not been okay since then yes but this uh, soda is definitely also for them and it's basically for everybody um, who has lost their lives be at the hands of this government over the last 30 years this is mm -hmm. for Ustaz Mahmoud Muhammad Taha this is mm -hmm. for every single martyr that they murdered for no other reason than they were making sense and talking the talk that needed to be talked. Um, it's also for all the protesters who've um, lost their lives, not only in these protests, but in previous past ones. ones. There, this um, is for Asim Umar, who is still in jail. Okay. Um, and is still facing the death penalty for allegedly killing a police officer during a protest at University of Khartoum. This is for him and everybody who has been in jail, been jailed, detained, tortured. This is, it's, it's, okay. Um, it's honestly just for everyone um, who's felt oppressed by this government, who's been forced yes. to flee their country and their people. Um, and it's for everyone who has lost hope. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We That's deserve. it. We deserve. We really do. What do okay. you think? <laughs> Hit us up. <laughs> at nosernoman at gmail.com or you can comment on the SoundCloud. Hit us up on Twitter at NSNM Podcast or with the hashtag NSNM الحرية والمجلس الشعب السوداني.